Well, um, first of all, a new album. Um, what makes you keep uh, coming back to the Human League? I think uh, we've no. just we've never done anything else really. Um, so it, it's part of our lives. We love music. Um, we've been doing a lot of live work over the last ten years, and we thought that it was time to be creative again and make a new album. When is the time come? Came. About two years ago, was it? I guess it, it evolved, didn't it? We had yeah. we had the tracks. We we had worked live uh, since the last album ten years ago, and then we we started we just started writing. We happened to start using Ableton software, which is a lot easier than than the stuff we'd been using before. And we suddenly we had fourteen or fifteen tracks. So it's it's, it's over a year since Mark Jones came along to sign us for World Sound Records, which appears over here. Yeah, well, you've been making music for three decades. So, like you, like you mentioned, you mentioned working with Ableton. Is there is making music uh, in this time a lot? Does it feels a lot different than it used to do? Right? It really is different, isn't it? Well, the whole industry's changed. Everything about music's changed. You know, when we started, you used to go out and buy big vinyl records, and now you plug something into your computer and download it and stuff. You know, it's the whole thing's changed. The way. You know, we work a lot live now because that's where we make our money. We don't really make money from from record sales anymore. You make it through through live work. What what does that what does that do with you as a as a musician? Is that a, a switch that you have to turn, or no. is it just something natural? I think we just we, we found ourselves lucky that that just at the time when it's harder to make money from 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 selling records. We are suitable to, to go and work live. We're quite well, we're well enough known and well enough liked to play in half the countries of, well, the, the sort of, the, not the third world, but, but everywhere else. Anywhere you've sold records, we can go and do a few shows in maybe three or four cities and they will pay us to do that. That's great. How, how many shows do you still play a year? Oh, God. Oh, we couldn't possibly count. I don't. Yeah, well, this. I mean, this year, for example, we've got. We're going to South America. We're uh, we're going to round Europe. We're going to America for about six weeks. We probably do a tour around the UK, and we've got loads of festivals in the summer as well. We've got a lot to work. We we work live a lot. We we must do forty to sixty a year. I yeah. Think. And do, do you come at a lot of places that people haven't heard of you yet? Like maybe South America, Asia. No, no, they know us. Everyone's heard of us. Everybody's heard of us. Yeah, yeah. We've been South America before. It's not the first time we've been. They've heard of us before. Yeah, we're we're quite fortunate in that we we actually are not a UK only band. So I think a lot of people maybe find it hard to go out of their home territory to work. But we were fortunate that we had hits all around the world. So that actually gives us an audience everywhere. Well, for instance, in, in Sao Paulo, we, we were doing shows, but there, there's a, a huge electro scene and there's clubs that play largely music by bands of our ilk. So it's it's big all over the world. Well, our, our computer guy, Dave, he did some DJ'd DJing there, there yeah. didn't he? Yeah. So maybe it's also uh, lucky for you that the whole electro-pop movement is, is sort of reviving again. Uh, do you have the feeling that you still fit in in all the things that uh, are happening now? 
Yeah, well, I'd like to think so. A, a lot of people might not give us the chance to because an awful lot of people still unfortunately think of us as that group that did Don't You Want Me. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, we're really proud of that song and it, it's fabulous and we will always play it live. But some people don't want us to move on. And so that might that might mean that pushing this album, selling this album may be a little harder for us. But I think, uh, you know, I think we're all really proud of the album and I, I think it stands up. It, it sounds modern. It doesn't sound like we could have made it in 1980. It's, it sounds fresh and modern. You know, we've used very up-to-date recording techniques, even though we've used all the old synthesizers. Yeah, you still use the old synthesizer yeah. from oh, yeah. back in the days? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was that a conscious choice to do that? To oh, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's got to be said that it's what a lot of people are doing now. Your standard practice now is to use an old Moog or, or a Roland or a Korg, but to record it on Pro Tools. Play it, play it by hand. People aren't using MIDI so much anymore. Play it by hand, record it. And if it's, if it's out of time or out of tune, just move it a little bit and get it right. But don't get rid of the, the, the humanity of it. Mm. We don't want it to be perfectly in time or, or perfectly in tune. We want it... We want the, the second verse different to the first verse and the third verse different to the, to the second verse. So, so we, yeah, it's what everyone's doing. You mentioned uh, keeping the humanity of it, but back in the 80s, people uh, thought of uh, synthesizers as, as something that wasn't, uh, wasn't real music. I... Yeah, they did. They did, but I th and, I, and I think as well, in the early 90s, music went very much back to guitar-based, um, grunge type music and the synthesizer went out of fashion again there and and now we're in the 2000s it i think what's happened now is that it has been accepted as a real instrument and it is just as important as a guitar a guitar or a violin or a trumpet and i think i think it just people took a lot a long time to accept it i think is what happened yeah you, uh, you said two years ago you started working on this new album. Can you remember what that spark was that you wanted to be creative again and create something new? Part of the spark, people kept asking me to sing yeah. on their records and I don't think of myself as a singer. I, said, I felt a little tiny bit resentful that, that, that you know, I've, I've written, not on my own, but with some other people, I've written some, some songs that have done quite well around the world. And that, that's what I think of myself. I think there was another thing. I saw a documentary about Herbie Hancock who's a much, much better musician than me, but he had an hour and a half documentary on the TV in Britain, even though he's, he's American. And I thought, well, they could, you know, they could do a 15-minute documentary on me. Am, am, I, am I getting forgotten? And, and it, it was partly, I just want to say, we, we can do some stuff. It was, it was like saying, hello, we are still there. Or, yeah, yeah. Why was it important to, to make that statement that you're still here? Well, I, I think we're creative, uh, and, yeah. and it's, it's an overused phrase, but, but we have to do things somehow. We've done it for our whole lives. You just came out of school, didn't you? Yeah. And yes. started it. We, we don't feel fulfilled unless we're making something. It's really strange. Um, when, you just, uh, when you were just all just starting with Human League, was there much faith in that it would end up yeah, like this? No, I doubt that anybody, I think anybody who, who is serious about what you do, you just hope, you hope that it's going to do well, but you, 
you would never be blase enough to, to expect it. You just sort of hope, you know? That's why kids get together in the bedrooms, isn't it? And, you know, strum a few chords, man. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we do anything like that, but, but you know, you just... We, we did it because we love the music. And it, nowadays, it's such a different culture nowadays. I, I don't really know what it's like in Holland, but in the UK, everybody wants to be famous. They don't really care what they're famous for. They can be famous for taking their clothes off or for going out with somebody else who's famous, but they just want to be famous. And I don't think that's what, that's not why we did it. We did it because we loved the music. Everything else that came with, well, I mean, we actively sort of shy away from the fame side of it because we're not really that interested. But I think it's a, such a different culture now. People expect to be famous for anything. It's, it's, a, it's the celebrity thing. And I don't think any of us think of ourselves as celebrities. We wanted to make new things, didn't mm -hmm. we? It's, it's funny that now we liked Roxy Music and David Bowie, but we wanted to make our stuff to move it on. Mm -hmm. and, and certainly in Britain now, people are very happy to go on TV and sing a song by, by Robbie Williams. That Robbie Williams has already done it very, very well. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need doing again. Do something new and you get paid more. You were telling about that you wanted to get away from, from fame uh, when, uh, uh, yeah. We've never career. really been famous. It's a, a funny thing. But were there moments that, that, that you felt like this is, this is becoming too much for me? I yeah. don't want it. Yeah, there were, there, there were moments like that. There were moments, but, but it, was more a, it was more a thing about having ta no time. You suddenly, you suddenly are well known. And you, you haven't got the time to enjoy it because all you're doing is working. And that can be quite hard. What you really want to do is think, oh, I'll go and lay on a beach somewhere and drink a cocktail. But you can't because you've got to go to Australia tomorrow. And in four days, you've got to go to Los Angeles. And, and it is glamorous. There's no getting away from what we do is glamorous. But I don't... I think because we we never set out to be famous, we didn't play into the whole game. And, and we live in Sheffield, so it's far enough away from the big cities to to come back and sort of, you know, come back down to earth and be, be sort of normal again. Yeah. We like it now, we get to go to the best places in the world, but we can be anonymous in the daytime. There were times in our career where you'd go to Australia, but all you could do was sit in your hotel room. And it was awful, yeah. wasn't it? You couldn't go outside because the, the hotel lobby had got people sleeping there because they wanted to see you. Yeah. Very odd. But now we can go to Australia and you dump your bags in your hotel room and we go out walking and we go shopping and things like that. And we get to see all these fantastic places, but we're anonymous too. And that, that's great. If you look back on, uh, on, on your early days in your career, do you have the feeling that you didn't enjoy it as much as you should or? Oh, I, no, I don't think we did enjoy it. Uh, but I, I think as Susan just said, I don't think we, 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 we could have enjoyed it. it. It was just too much. And, and it's, I think as we've grown, grown up and grown older, we, we appreciate and we love the fact that we've got such a great catalogue and that it has done so well and it gives us lots of opportunities. But now 
we can enjoy what we're doing. We don't have to worry about the future now, do no, we? No. In the 1980s, we're on the, we're on the top of the charts, but every, everyone was after us, and we didn't know what was going to happen in five years' time. For all we knew, you know, another band that was, was yeah. better looking than us was going to come along and, t and take our place. We don't care now. We're all right. We, we can play live and get, make a little bit of money and just, just do what we need to do. But you did care back then that there was maybe some... Well, you've got to fill your life up. You've got, you know, well, the, the biggest question in life is how long are you going to live? You're supposed to, the <laughs> finance means, how, how do you make sure you've got money until you die? But you don't know when you're going to die. You know, and Errol Flynn said, said any, any man who dies with more than $5 in his pocket is an idiot, which I think is a great phrase. <laughs> but how do, how do you make sure you haven't spent all your money? Then you have 30 years sort of going begging the government to, to, to buy you bread and water. You mentioned uh, Herbie Hancock. Yeah. Uh, what do you like so much about him? Um, it, it, it's a, I like his tune writing, really. The fact that he's done such amazing different things, but behind it, there's always been a tune. I mean, right at the front, he wrote Watermelon Man. I don't, don't know if you know. Hey, Watermelon Man. Uh, <laughs> what a way to start. <laughs> and then go into hip hop and things. Brilliant. Does he inspire you, maybe? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, great musicians, yeah. We, we're pretty respectful of the past, aren't we? Yes. I think we do this because we loved other musicians that, that, that were so important to us. I would have had a miserable life without music. <laughs> yeah, uh, I also read that uh, in, 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 in those early days you had a lot of debts to, p to pay off uh, because, oh, yeah. because of all kinds of record label troubles. We've probably still yeah. got loads of debts to pay off. I'm sure we're still, yeah. we're still open. We're uh, still we, uh, we don't owe Virgin anything anymore, no. but all the others. Yeah, you, you sometimes when you get dropped from a record contract, they don't make you pay your money back. They just hope that you're going to sell some, they hope you're going to have hates in the future with somebody else and you'll, you'll sell your back catalogue and they'll pay. Yeah, I think we walked away from, certainly from Papi, our own, owing a hell of a lot of money. But we just walked away from it, so. Uh, for example, Don't You Want Me? Did that, uh, got you a lot of money or did it all go oh, to yeah. the... the, the it, it, yeah, yeah, it probably earned us loads of money, but, but you, you have to, one of the things that people never take on is that every single thing that you do, even to promote, to do everything, the, you pay for it yourself. So if, you know, if, if you get a makeup artist to come, that costs you money. Don't, you don't have to get your hand in your pocket there and then and give them the money, but it goes on some list somewhere at the record company. It's why we never bothered to get limousines and stuff, because we knew all stuff like that happened. We've seen little bands hurt by yeah. that along the way. They're, they're staying in the best hotels and... and you know, it is limos everywhere, isn't yeah. it? And then one day they, they see the bill and they never make the money from back from their records. Well, they go bankrupt, so yeah. many of it. You know, you used, years ago, we could spend £250,000 on making a video. It seems obscene now, but that's what you did because you wanted a certain director and that's how much money they cost. Well, that's got to be paid back in, in some way. So even though we made money out of Don't You Want Me and, and Dare, we actually only broke even about two years ago, didn't we? We actually only personally recoup, started getting money back from record sales from an album that came out 28 years ago. And only recently did we start earning money from that. Yeah, that's uh, somewhat ironic uh, mm. to make money 
almost well people used to make money though out of songwriting it was it was songwriting it was the songwriters that made the money and but you know now we we make we make our most money through touring and playing live playing live do you uh once called uh, don't you want me uh, just a filler track do you feel still feel the same way about it oh no i feel very grateful to it now <laughs> uh, what, did, what 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 changed well, we were we were quite a left field sort of an indie band. We were on labels with with Joy Division and the Gang of Four. That that was more what we saw our areas. Although we were synthesizers, we we thought we were pretty bleak and industrial. And that track just was a little bit more middle of the road, maybe a little happier than than the others. And I don't think we defined our direction. So we we thought we should stay where well where New Order ended up mm, or something. Yeah. And and we. We happen to be a little bit more pop than that. Either way is good. I would love to have been in New Order. <laughs> um, for all the three of you, what what does that particular song mean for you? Is it just, yeah, what does it mean for you? It means I've got a nice house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, the lyrics, it's not autobiographical. It's, it's, a, it's a power struggle between men and women that happens. It happened then, it'll happen now, and it'll happen when we're long gone sort of thing. But the, the great thing about it that it's done for us is it's, it's given us a chance to, to play all over the world and stuff like that. And, you know, we'd never, ever do a concert and not play it because the audience loved the song, we'd be stupid not to play it. Mm. And it's, it, it's always a good point in a live show because you know that, well, 99.9%, .9 if not 100% of that audience then knows that song and loves it. And they will, if they've sat down even for the rest of the show, you're guaranteed that they will get up then and dance. Were you surprised that that song was such a success? Yes. 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 Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, we, would, we thought that the public had had enough with three singles and we wouldn't have put out a fourth single. If we'd have had a choice, that wouldn't have been our choice. But the head of the record company at that time overruled us, thankfully. And, and he knew, he knew. We couldn't, we didn't have enough distance from it, I don't think, to look at it objectively, but he did. And it went on to be obviously the great success that it was. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you sang in the, in the song, right? Or was it you? Well, we both sang. Well, you, yes, I, I did sang that, the yeah, verse and the I verse. sang the choruses. Yeah, yeah because uh, first in all other songs, you, you did mostly backing vocals. How was it for you to, to step a little bit more in, in, in the front, uh, or wasn't there much it, it, it didn't matter. You know, we, we sang in the studio and Philip wanted one of us to do one bit and the other to do the other, and it's just what we do, you know? It never, don't know, don't think about it. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like Joanne sings the verse in human and it's just how it works out sometimes, you know? Did you ever finish uh, uh, university? Because I we never it. went to university. Okay, because you we were doing higher yeah. education and we finished the higher education. And then... And instead of going to university... We joined a pop group. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> became so, members of a band. So the Human League became your life. Yes, yes. Yeah. absolutely. When did you know that the Human League would become your life? 
Ooh, recently, I suppose. <laughs> you, you just suddenly look back, and, and like, I'm, I'm in my 50s, I'm 55 now, and you suddenly go, whoa, well, I grew, I grew up loving music. I grew up first, I uh, like the Beatles, and then I like Bob Dylan, and I thought, oh, great, and, and, and then Roxy music and things. It wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? And now I suddenly realised I've lived my life as a musician. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the strange thing. I'm not skillful or anything. But I've lived my life in, 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 in something that, I, that meant so much to me when I was growing up. I, mean, I, I didn't think that till maybe I was, I was late 40s or something. Why did you only re- realize it back then? Because you could look back or? Felt temporary. It felt like it would all go wrong at some stage and people would say, you're, you're a fraud. You're no good at this. Go and get a proper job. I used Were you to always th- afraid that people would see you as a fraud? Or? Yeah. I used to often, I had many sleepless nights about what I was going to do when this finishes (laughs) because I'm not skilled at anything. I used to get really quite scared at it and now it's only now that I think, actually, this has been my job for 30 years, you know. But I think that's partly come from doing the live work and knowing that we are good enough to go out and do shows. I think when you're relying on... um, record label support and record contracts it's there's always that fear they're going to drop you and if they do drop you or when they drop you you've got to go and get you've got to go around and find another label to support you and we broke out of that circle by starting to do the live work and so now we know that that is actually our job and we are good at it and we can earn a living at it. We're quite self-sufficient. If this record doesn't sell any copies, it's not going to kill us. It won't stop the group from working. We'll still go and do tours of America and uh, South America and of Australia. We'll, that will still carry on because we've, we have had huge international success. Proud of this new album? Yeah, oh, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much. Thank Thank you. you.